1: all right and welcome to against the mat wrestling podcast i'm one of your co-hosts the kentucky guy along with his other co-host donnie cage
0: hey mr cage how's it going sir it's going great beautiful saturday great day to talk wrestling
1: absolutely birds are singing the babies are crying beautiful day in the neighborhood If this is your first time listening to us, folks, you can always hit that follow or subscribe button no matter which platform you're listening to us on. We are on 73 different audio platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio once again, and the list goes on and on. Also, Mr. Cage, he co-hosts and created his own podcast, Called the uncaged voice go ahead and tell them about that sir thank
0: you sir so myself top tier rated and jigsaw jester co-host the uncaged voice we talk about all things entertainment gaming wrestling movies related it's a great podcast definitely check it out on our official youtube channel
1: yep yep check it out whenever you get a chance i also host the red pill current news podcast Basically, what we do is we talk about politics, current news, up-to-date headlines concerning this big, beautiful country that we all live in, as well as the rest of the world. We drop two episodes there a week, plus we give an additional one or two episodes a week on weekly headline updates. And you can always check us out. We are on the same platforms as this show. If you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have a question for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at O-L, Kentucky spelled out. 99 at yahoo.com. That's old Kentucky, 99 at yahoo.com. Now, we do have a shout out today on a gentleman. They actually, his mom emailed me and they actually listened to both podcasts and I thank you both for that. And I'd like to, Donnie and I would like to wish Derek Headcliffe, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, a happy, belated, because it was yesterday, 15th birthday. Happy birthday and thank you so much for you and your mother's support, buddy. And I hope you had a great day yesterday and a great day today.
0: Happy birthday. Thanks for the support.
1: Absolutely. All right, folks. So we're going to go ahead and get started. How we start every episode almost is our my fantasy booking. Basically, Donnie will pick a, a wrestler, either past, present, past or present. <laughs> I started to say future, but that wouldn't sound right. And uh, I also pick a wrestler. And basically, we talk about a company that they were at that they were with that didn't quite utilize them to the best of their ability, so we would talk about how we would book them different or in a fantasy match, or how we would change their career so they would escalate much further than what they did with that current or with that one company that could not handle them, where they got lost in a shuffle nine times out of 10. All right, so uh, as always, Mr. Cage, I'll let you start us off.
0: Thank you, Kentucky Guy. Well, this week I'm going to be talking about a uh, wrestler who, well, still wrestles to this uh, day. By, he uh, goes by the name of Harry Francis Smith. Probably wondering who Harry Francis Smith is. Well, he is more well known for competing under the ring name Davy Boy Smith Jr., the British Bulldog. That's right. This is the son of the original British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, and... Harry Smith has had a long-storied career in the business. Now, first of all, he's a part of the famous Hart family tree. His, uh, his uncle, of course, is Brett Hitman Hart. His father, of course, Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. His cousin is Natalia Neidhart. Grandfather is Stu Hart. So he's already got that uh, that family connection right there. And believe it or not, he actually got his start in wrestling ...at the age of 14 in the year 2000. And he has competed for a lot of different promotions... ...including Major League Wrestling... ...New Japan Pro Wrestling... ...the World of Sport Wrestling... ...and, of course, WWE. Now, among his championships that he's won and his accomplishments... ...he is a one-time All-Star Wrestling Heavyweight Champion... ...he is a big-time wrestling heavyweight champion... He was a Florida Championship Wrestling, which was the WWE's developmental territory at one time. Um, He was the Florida Championship Southern Heavyweight Champion one time. The Florida Tag Team Champion with T.J. Wilson, who later competed in WWE as Tyson Kidd. A one-time MLW World Tag Team Champion with Brian Pillman Jr. and Teddy Hart. Not to mention he is also a former... Three-time NWA World Tag Team Champion, twice with Lance Archer and once with Doug Williams. And, of course, a three-time IWGP Tag Team Champion, again with Lance Archer. And in WWE, he was he held the World Tag Team Championship and WWE Tag Team Championship with Tyson Kidd as part of the Hart Dynasty. So, as you can see, he has a lot of accolades in his career. And... He was in the WWE developmental territory for a number of years before he was called up to the main roster in 2009, and as I said, he competed as a part of the Hart Dynasty with Tyson Kidd, and they defeated the tag team of Show Miz in 2010 to become the WWE Unified Tag Team Champions. They would eventually lose the belts to Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre, and the team would split up, and eventually... Davey Boy Smith Jr., back then he was known as David Hart Smith. He was released by WWE in August of 2011. So for the next roughly 10 years, he traveled the independent circuit and continued building up his accolades in wrestling. And like I said, the championships he won that I said earlier speak for themselves. He had an opportunity to come back to WWE in 2021. In fact, he was re-signed actually competed in a dark match before SmackDown on July 16th, 2021. But in November of that same year, he was released without even appearing on television. And this is where WWE dropped the ball because, like I said, he already comes from a very prestigious wrestling family. He has tons of years of experience. Based on everything I've seen, he's always been a very good in-ring worker. He's got a great look. I mean, he's six foot five, two 250 pounds. What could you not like about that? But for whatever reason, WWE didn't have a spot for him on television. I read in an interview with him that he was supposed to debut as this new character, the Stampede Stud, which I don't know if they even would have referenced his previous time in the WWE, or they would have just treated it like this was his first time in the promotion. If they were going to treat it like it was his first time in the promotion, then that's just a slap in the face to your audience because most WWE fans knew that he was a part of the heart D- dynasty a decade earlier. And, you know, like I said, this guy has a great look is good, has good in ring ability. There's no reason you couldn't have find, couldn't have found some spot for him on the roster to utilize him. Even if it was just in the mid card competing for the U S or the intercontinental championship, at least you would have gotten some good matches on television, but as is frequently the case, wWE drops the ball on some good talent, and with that uh, Kentucky guy, I will turn it over to you
1: yeah um, hmm. i actually I agree with you a hundred percent I think the wwe there's something and they can people can say what they want and and believe what they want. everybody has a right to their own opinion, but ever since Owen Hart. Not the Montreal screw job, but Owen Hart, ever since he passed away, you know, he had an accident. For those of you that don't know, he had an accident at an actual pay per view on WWE and was, uh, uh, was killed. So, a deadly accident, let's put it that way. So, ever since then, something's been a myth with the Hart family and the McMahon family. I really don't know what it is. I tried to dig into it one time and couldn't. I kept. I was thinking maybe there was lawsuits or something, but you know, I mean, they brought Hulk Hogan back. I mean, after a couple big lawsuits, so that didn't make any sense. But there's been something there. Yes, Red Heart has been back on the WWE since his brother's accident. Natalia still wrestles there, but is Natalia get the push she used to? And Is she a better wrestler than what she's shown? I've often wondered that because I think she's a pretty decent wrestler and she doesn't get the credit. I think she's underrated when it comes to the company giving her a good push. So there's just something there and this speaks volumes. What you just said when he came back to the company and he didn't even get to appear on television speaks volumes to me that my notion is right on this. There's something there and unfortunately Vince McMahon we all know when he holds a grudge, that grudge is forever. Some people, for some people, now, he's fired people, people have quit on him, and they used to say, you cannot do anything in the WWF to where you can never come back. That's untrue. There's certain individuals, wrestlers, that we've talked about on this show, and even way more than what we just talked about, who were pretty much permanently banned once they quit. Or left the WWF or WWE for one one reason or another. Macho man Randy Savage comes to mind. Never was able to come back. So, anyways, I agree with your booking. And I, I think it's, it's definitely not... This guy's an athlete, man. Uh, he's just as good as his dad was, I think. I've watched him on the independent scene for years. He is... Uh, and he's got the look that McMahon loves as well. So... I just think there's something there with that family, those two families. I don't know what it is, but there's something. And it didn't occur in Canada, in Montreal that day, that fateful night. It started happening not long after, maybe a year after Owen Hart's death. And if you guys take a deep dive and take a look into that, you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, didn't mean to get on my soapbox. Just that, that you brought up something that, I've been thinking about for years now. So (laughs) good job there. All right. So let's get into my fantasy booking for this episode. My fantasy booking is none other than Daniel Dwayne Severin, better known as the beast. Dan Severin. Severin is considered one of the leading pioneers of mixed martial arts and the first true world-class wrestler to ever compete In the Ultimate Fighting Championship. In professional wrestling, he is a two-time world champion by winning the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship twice. With his first reign lasting for over four years. Also, he is a member of the NWA Hall of Fame. I want to talk about his WWF. I think failure is what I would call it. He is, he, he's a world record holder for holding 13, 13 championships at one time. He's the only wrestler out there or even person to be honored by George Trangos and Lou, Lou Therese Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame on three separate occasions. Three times he was inducted in their Hall of Fame. When we get to the WWF, he made his first appearance. He actually had the NWA World heavyweight championship on him around his waist. He was the current champion. And that was in June of 97. He basically came there and just joined the color commentary team. He had not signed a contract with the WWF by this point, but he did commentate on Ken Shamrock's match against rockabilly, which is, we all know ended up being Billy Gunn as NWA champion. Severin debuted again in the World Wrestling Federation in 1998, during a storyline to where the NWA invaded the WWF. Severin also wrestled on NWA territories at the same time during his tenure with the WWF. He was the first he was first seen attacking the Headbangers when they were feuding with Bob Holly and Bart Gunn, who were a part of the NWA invasion. In his his debut match, he defeated Flash Funk in a very quick squash match. He was briefly managed by Jimmy, uh, by Jim Cornette, who, uh, commentated during his matches and helped him, help him to get over. During his entrance, and this was pretty cool, I don't know, uh, if y'all may remember this or not. When he came out, actually, Jim Cornette had to help him carry his current titles he had the ufc title the mma title belts nwa t- heavyweight title it, it was it was really something to see it was kind of like the ultimo dragon back in wcw during the day so the nwa uh nwa invasion was brief and saw the debut of the midnight express and a repackage of jeff jared barry windham was also a member Severn would tag team with these members from the stable he would then leave the stable soon after to continue his singles competition in the WWF on his own. He feuded with his old MMA rival Ken Shamrock, where the WWF played up their history that they where they used to have history in the UFC. Now, just to kind of let you know the kind of wrestler he was, he held nine heavyweight championships in nine different promotions. However, None of those promotions were the WWF. Keep that in mind. None of them. He had zero titles in the WWF. Why? He didn't go there at the end of his career. He was in the prime. On getting recruited by both WWE and WCW, quote, this is from Dan Severin, I was was being recruited by both companies, Ted Turner with Eric Bischoff at the helm. I went to both organizations to hear what they had to say. It was kind of cool. I always tell people I didn't call them. They called me. It was kind of cool. It was kind of a cool situation to hit the high notes. I was looking for a unique contract because I knew that neither of these companies realized how old I was. I did not want an exclusive contract because if I went exclusive where now I'm working for one or the other, I'm not about to give up a year of my life. I don't mind making you the exclusive professional wrestling company. I'm working for, but I don't want them to stop me from doing what I'm doing in amateur wrestling and all the other things, including UFC and so forth. For the most part, I negotiated most of my own contracts. Then he was asked why he decided to leave the WWF or WWE, the cycle of professional wrestler from a babyface This is a quote, by the way, to a hill from a hill to a baby face. And they have this writing team that comes up with ideas. Some of them are pretty wacky. This was one of the ideas that was brought up to me. This was was 666 Mark of the Beast. And it, wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe this when I seen this. They wanted me to be an Undertaker disciple or something like this. I'm going, wow, I'm not crazy about this idea whatsoever. Basically, that sort of led to the demise. They used me really good in the beginning. I don't think they really knew what to do with me. They were turning me into a hill. And I had put together a list of ideas that I could work with as a hill, but I walked in there with a certain, uh, certain reputation, and I'm not going to throw this reputation away on a two-year contract. When the company responded by telling servant that they would bury his character if he declined to do as they asked about putting the mark the 666 on his forehead, wanted to tattoo, which is crazy, he countered by threatening to use, threatening to use legitimate wrestling and fighting skills to shoot on his core, uh, co-workers and make them look silly in the process. This caused the WWF to back off the idea, but he was still asked and received his release not too long after. So I think this was a huge loss on the WWF's part. By the way, I'm, we're going to bury your character because you don't get 666 tattooed on your forehead that tells you, and I know this was during the Attitude Era, but still, that tells you the mind frame Vince McMahon and creative was was in back then. No wonder, no wonder the NWO and WCW beat them for X amount of weeks during this time. Man, you start threatening people like that, all your morale's gone. So anyways, WWF didn't make or break Dan Severin's career. He's a phenomenal athlete. You know, it's kind of sad He at the end, you know, he's, he's in a wheelchair now, but he was a phenomenal athlete and he'll go down. The worst thing about this all is this man has been in inducted into five different Hall of Fames and I don't believe he'll ever enter into the WWE Hall of Fame because his, his time was so short there, which is really a disgrace. Your thoughts, sir?
0: Yeah, and again, I do remember Dan Severin from when I watched the WWF back during the Attitude Era. And the biggest disappointment for me is that they were always talking about his feud he had had in the UFC with Ken Shamrock. And I thought, well, great, we'll carry the feud over into the WWF. They'll have some pay-per-view matches, right? I only remember the two of them having one televised match. And I think it ended, it ended in like some sort of schmaz finish, like maybe a disqualification or something. So we never got a proper Shamrock Severn feud, which was a huge disappointment because it could have been a big moneymaker for WWF. Um, and yeah, I, I read the story about him possibly joining the Ministry of Darkness. I'm intrigued by the idea of him being like a servant for The Undertaker, but. When they actually, when you start, like you said, Kentucky guy, when you start to threaten people and say, "Well, we want you to get six 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 tattooed on your forehead," well, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, fine, we'll bury your character. You know, do you really want to work for an employer who basically threatens you that if you don't do exactly what they say, they're just going to make you look bad? Um, so, I really can't blame Dan Severn for leaving the WWF soon after. And I mean, he still continued doing well for himself and his. Wrestling and mixed martial arts career. He's definitely very well respected in wrestling and MMA circles. So, you know, was he misused 100%? But, um, looks like he still, uh, still was happy with the decisions he made in his career, at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's, like I said, the WWE didn't, didn't break his career or make it. But, uh, I think it actually, I think it hurt them, and it's going to hurt them in the long run. I, I think he really, I really, really believe he deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. If not just what he did for while he was with that company, what he's done for wrestling. What he's done for wrestling over his luxury career is just amazing. So, Okay, so well, let's get on to the wrestling news and rumors around the water cooler. First of all, though, let's start off with yesterday's SmackDown results. Let's talk a little bit about that. I'll go ahead and get us started. Cody Rhodes, at the beginning, comes to the ring. He said he has the utmost respect for Roman Reigns and looks forward to beating him at WrestleMania. He then calls out Kevin Owens and then turns around and calls out Sami Zayn. Cody tells Owens he respects him because when he left WWE, it was Owens who gave him the contacts, to go outside of the WWE and make a living. He can't repay him for that, but he'd like to try and repay it now. He asked that Owens and Zayn have a conversation. Owens told Cody he's heard everything Zayn had to say. Sammy Zayn then goes in and talks to him and says, once again, and I love how they turn this, and I did not see this uh, as being the reason. Sami Zayn once again goes, we don't even have to be friends. Uh, We don't even have to like each other, but we can work together and bring down the bloodline. Owens finally reveals what his deal is. And he tells Sami Zayn, why would I want to work with somebody that doesn't even want to be friends with me? And he leaves the ring. We'll talk more. These two, this isn't the end of these two, but we'll get to that later. So I thought this segment was great. I thought that they were going to get together right then and challenge the Usos, but no, 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 that didn't happen. Cody Rhodes, once again, he's played a major part in this. If you guys remember last Monday night, night or not last Monday, not last Raw, <laughs> but the Raw before, I mentioned that it went off the air with Cody talking to uh, Kevin Owens in the back over during a segment they were interviewing uh, Baron Corbin, and for some reason, Cody has played a vital, vital role in these two, and I'm glad to see it. Cody Rhodes is getting the push he needs. However, still don't bank on him absolutely winning the title at WrestleMania. He may, just saying don't put all your eggs in one basket uh, on that, or at least if you're one of those people that bet on this stuff. Man, be careful. And then I'll go over one more match. Uh, we had uh, Santos Escobar and Zelina Vega uh, went up against Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio won the match. After the match, Dominic said, You're the Hall of Famer is nothing but a deadbeat dad. Ray Mysterio did come to the ring. He did get in Dominic's face a little bit. And he called him a worthless punk, but yet he was referring to somebody else. I thought for sure Ray was finally going to hit the skin. We were going to get the match at WrestleMania. But once again, Ray says he's not fighting him. He would be honored if uh, Dominic would stand with him during the Hall of Fame and come back to his side, but he's not going to fight him, but he would fight any other punk who called him out like Dominic did. And I'm like, man, just call him a punk and smack the crap out of him, Ray. And then you have at the end of the night, uh, L.A. Knight coming up to Ray Mysterio saying, hey, I'll take your kid on at WrestleMania. I'm a deadbeat dad too. Well, that didn't go over very good with Ray Mysterio, and they had an altercation backstage. And I, from my understanding, next SmackDown, next Friday, there is a match between Rey Mysterio and LA Knight. Once again, you're running out of time. You got to get this stuff all put together and put a bow on it if you're going to have a match at WrestleMania. Your thoughts on those two segments, sir?
0: Well, they certainly uh, like to keep us in suspense when it comes to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, whether whether they're going to team up or whether they're not going to team up, whether they're going to reconcile and be friends again or what they're going to be. Cody Rhodes, we talked about how he was going to try to play the role of peacemaker because of his history with both guys. Um, but yeah, they, they they drew this out even more. They didn't give us a definite answer just yet as to whether they're they're going to come together or not. So. I thought it was a really well-done segment. Um, you know, the match the match that you talked about was, you know, okay. I mean, again, Dominic and Rhea going over Zelina and Santos, I pretty much predicted from the very beginning. Um, what's it going to take for Rey Mysterio to finally just smack this this kid across the face and call him a punk, which is exactly what he is? I mean, you need to knock some sense into him, Ray. You're his dad, and if you're not going to knock some sense into him, then who is? but i agree i mean they they need to make this match official because now we're we're about 2 weeks away from wrestlemania and we got to put pen to paper and 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 say whether this match is happening or not i thought the la night stuff was interesting i'm glad that they are keeping this guy on television because they very easily could have just taken him off television after he lost to bray wyatt but they said, you know what? We know that LA Knight is a guy with a lot of appeal. And he can cut a good promo. And he's good in the ring. So we're we're going to keep him on television. I'm looking forward to that match next Friday between him and Rey Mysterio.
1: Yep. I only have one problem with how they're doing LA Knight. And that was his match that he had on SmackDown last night. That was the match. And we'll get to it here in just a second. That's the match where I put my shoe through the freaking television. I could not believe the way that match ended. But before then we had Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez team up together and go against Emma and Tegan Knox. Now, the winner of this match goes to WrestleMania where they're having some kind of, I think it's a four-way tag team match for the females and for the males, from my understanding. Anyways, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez was successful in winning this match. Okay, so... That's fine. That's fine. I mean, this match, it didn't appeal to me much at all. Once again, Emma Emma, and Tegan Knox are just, I guess we just brought them back because we needed people to lose. I mean, I don't know. They don't win anything. But, anywho, it wasn't that long ago to where Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez were tag team partners, and then Liv Morgan turned against her. So, once been twice shy, Raquel, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, are we supposed to just act like, that didn't happen just a few weeks ago or <laughs> amazing. Anyway, Charlotte Flair comes to the ring and she calls out Rhea Ripley in, in so many words Flair uh, she, uh, told her Char- Rhea Ripley does come out and answer Charlotte Flair. She told Charlotte, she, she chose her. She didn't choose Bianca Belair because she has her reasons, but she will get to, she will get back to that. Then as the trash talking continued, uh, Dominic Mysterio actually got in between the two and was starting to trash talk uh, Charlotte when Rhea Ripley actually sucker punched her. This, was a, this led to a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal brawl on live television. And the reason why I like this is because you don't see it that often on the female side of wrestling. This once again shows how the WWE is superior when it comes to female wrestling and putting their women over. Then AEW, MLB, Impact, you name it. The WWE has done a phenomenal job under the leadership of uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley at putting the females over back where they belong. And they should. They should. Get me excited. I always did say, people were like, Kentucky guy, why don't you like female wrestling? Blah, blah, blah. Because you don't make me care. But the WWE has done so much better than that in the last couple months. And I'm really proud of them for that. And then we'll go ahead and talk about this L.A. Knight match. Uh, L.A. Knight faced Xavier Woods, of all people. My God, Xavier Woods. He faces him, and guess what? Xavier Woods rolls him up and pins L.A. Knight. It's bullcrap. Xavier Woods needed this win like he needed another freaking trombone to march around the ringside with. It's ridiculous. Your thoughts, sir, on those matches? Kentucky,
0: guy, I have to agree with you on the outcome of the L.A. Knight match. Xavier Woods didn't need this win. L.A. Knight did. And WWE disappointed us. Shame on you, WWE, for making L.A. Knight lose this match. Um, the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte uh, the scrap, because uh, that's what it was. It was a scrap. I also liked, I- I liked it. And, I mean, these two these two have history dating back to WrestleMania 36. So, um, I-, I can't wait to see this. This uh, this rematch between the two of them. I'm pulling for Rhea Ripley to win this. It's her time to get back on top of the card of the women's division. So, uh, but th- this segment was great. All for it. Um, you know, I, th- this whole thing with these four corners tag team matches on the men's and women's front. Why should I care? Like, there's no title on the line in these four corners matches. It's just. It's basically just let's determine the next number one contender because we're not actually putting the women's tag team titles on the line at WrestleMania, which, once again, you devalue the championship by not having it defended at WrestleMania. So, I mean, I'm really... I mean, good for Liv and Raquel Rodriguez picking up the win, but I'm not excited about this Four Corners women's tag match. Not at all.
1: Yeah, uh, me either. I I, I don't get it. The only thing that could excite me over this on the female side anyways is bringing back the raw titles and Smackdown titles like having them separate again because we know Sasha Banks and Naomi's not coming back we know that they've moved on so separate them again one for each show and make this the four corners match or whatever it is for that title There you go. That's a WrestleMania match where a team is actually going to have a true WrestleMania moment. But just to be called a number one's contender, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like wiping before you poop. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Thank you. Thank you. I thought you all would like that. (laughs) All right. Let's get to the first headline of wrestling news and rumors. Around the water cooler. Vince McMahon. Pitched New Day split. Several times. I found this very interesting. It looks like Donnie. And myself are not the only ones. Who have wanted this for a long time. The New Day is regarded as one of the greatest. Tag teams in the history of WWE. And it's not really hard to see why. They have been part of numerous. Historical matches and won tag team titles. Several times. That being said, it seems WWE has no plans to split up the faction despite their absence. When the New Day made their debut as a group, they were initially heels, but were eventually turned into baby faces due to their rise in popularity. However, their status remains a big question mark for a good reason. As for Big E, he's been absent from WWE television following his neck injury back in March of 2022. As previously reported, Kobe Kingston is currently dealing with an injury due to this. His status for WrestleMania is under doubt. By the way, it's no longer under doubt. He's not going to be a WrestleMania because he has to have surgery, by the way, that come out after this report. Uh, according to Sean Ross SAP, despite their recent absence from television, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Big E have no plans to dissolve their partnership. It was reported that even before their injuries, Vince McMahon attempted to break the break up the group on multiple occasions. It was added that the WWE creative team have confirmed that the trio had previously made it clear they did not want to split on screen. However, McMahon continued to pitch the idea, including after a directive that Kofi and Xavier not be uh, referred to as New Day without Big E present. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods Big E aren't splitting up as a unit, even though they're already not together on TV in a lot of different ways. Big E's been sidelined, Kofi Kingston's injured, Vince McMahon made routine... Okay, we've already went over that. Fifeful has heard from multiple people who have worked on the WWE creative team that also said that it was made clear, dating years back, that the trio did not want an on-screen fracture. However, we're told that Vince McMahon himself has tried to step in and split the team up many times. One particular pitch from Mr. McMahon came after a decree that Kofi and Xavier not to be referred to as New Day without the last few weeks. However, Xavier Woods won the king of the ring. or told Vince McMahon pitched Woods turn on Kofi because it's what a king would do. But Woods specifically bought, bought not to do this. Despite this, Woods refused to turn on Kofi When Vince McMahon suggested it, arguing it did not align with his character, values, or as a noble ruler. Regardless, the New Day will never split up, no matter how much (laughs) Vince McMahon or Triple H wanted it. Okay, so if they don't want to split up, you're their boss. It's time to play that song to them. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more. The road sorry I got carried away. But yeah, get rid of these guys. I mean, come on. Nobody wants to see these guys in another title hunt. Nobody wants to see these guys in another tournament. It's done. It's played out. It's over. I agree with Vince McMahon, believe it or not. Move on or get out. Your thoughts, sir. There's we-
0: no doubt that the New Day had tremendous success or have have had tremendous success. Big E was a WWE champion, Kofi was a WWE champion, multiple tag team title reigns, um, one of which was the, was the longest in company history up until it was uh, eclipsed by the Usos. But every faction, in my opinion, has a shelf life. I don't think there's one faction in the history of the business that's that's been around throughout all the years that the wrestlers themselves were active in the ring, so I, I don't really know what else there is for the New Day to accomplish as a faction. I mean, maybe I mean maybe with them selling New Day themed pancakes, they want to transition over to doing New Day um, French toast. I mean, I don't know. They just want to cover every uh, possible uh, breakfast dish that you could want. Maybe a New Day shrimp and grits. Um, some new day oatmeal. I, I I don't know. Possibilities are endless as far as merchandise. But my point is, I don't think it's a good idea to keep new day together at this point in time. I, I think you just need to let all three of them do their own thing at this stage of their careers.
1: Yep. I agree. I mean, it just, uh, it's long overdue. This isn't nothing new. This should have happened a long time ago, but, uh, okay, sir, you have the next two headlines.
0: Vince McMahon said to have wanted the words A-S-S and D-Q banned from WWE TV. Under the creative leadership of Vince McMahon, there were certain words that wrestlers and announcers are not allowed to say on WWE programming. There are various words banned, which is why they said WWE Universe instead of fans, or Medical Facility instead of hospital. In 2020, Dave Meltzer compiled a list of the banned words, mcmahon didn't like some of the terms include the following blood choke belt strap diva headshot trauma jobber kill card wrestling wrestler why why are they called the, the world wrestling entertainment in that case violence kayfabe mofos house show and more While watching WrestleMania 35, former WWE writer Dave Schilling was tweeting about it. During it, he shared a list of banned terms that McMahon didn't want being used on television, which included DQ, Girls, National Television, and more. Well, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life, and this is my biggest criticism of WWE. There's this thing where, even though they are a wrestling company... They couldn't call the wrestlers male or female wrestlers. They had to call them superstars. At one point, they were called divas, but now it's just um, women's division. And I, I mean, this is ridiculous. It's like, how is your are your announcers supposed to give authentic commentary and immerse you in the story when they can't even use terminology that is synonymous with wrestling?
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's almost like. Vince McMahon went woke before woke got crazy like it is now, if that makes any sense. It's like uh, he's seen the writing on the wall with all these crazy things that these people try to get companies and, and and us everyday individuals to do like proper pronouns and all that crap. And uh, I say this all the time and I'm just who I am. I am what I am. And you know, I can't help it if, Paul wakes up one day and decides that he wants to be Mary Jane and puts on a dress. I'm still going to call him Paul. It's just, it's my God given right. Cause I know I've always known him for years as Paul, by the way, there is no Paul. I'm just making that using that as an example. But anyways, yeah, not using certain words and, <clears throat> you know, I could understand if these were cuss words, like we, we've got, a, I've got a headline that I'm going to go over in a little bit where or one of us are i don't know who has it where AEW actually uh find a wrestler for saying uh, using a word on dynamite however that word was kind of almost like uh it's considered a cuss word in some countries so yeah i understand that but these words here these are n- normal everyday uh, it's just it's stupid let's just be honest about it let's just put it out there it's stupid and it doesn't make sense and You would think, now that Vince is gone, and I know he's not completely gone, but he's not a part of creative, get rid of that rule, man. Get rid of that. Come on, Triple H, you're smarter than this. Get rid of that, and I promise you, it's just going to help, and it may bring back some viewers that you've lost. All right, sir, you have the next headline?
0: Free agent with interest from AEW and WWE teases that fans will see him soon. EJ Naduka, a six-foot-five former college football player and bodybuilder who previously wrestled for NXT as Ezra Judge, is still on the free agent market. His contract expired in January, but he finished up with the promotion at the Blood and Thunder TV, t- TV tapings in Philadelphia, PA on February 4th. Hey, it's my hometown. The match just aired on Tuesday's episode of MLW Underground. After being let go by WWE, he turned his career around. Naduka made his AEW debut at the Dark Tapings in January, where he lost to Kenosuke Takeshita. As previously reported, Naduka was offered a full-time AEW contract after the match. Naduka has interest from multiple companies, including WWE and those in Japan. He was said to be evaluating his options. Well, I mean, when you're a free agent, this is what you want to do. You want to take... The option that's best for you, and especially if you have multiple companies making you offers, that that puts you in a really good bargaining position. Now, I'm not really familiar with this EJ Naduka that much. I didn't catch the episode of um, of Dark where he wrestled Takeshita, um, and I didn't really watch his work as Ezra Judge in NXT. So, um, I mean, I mean, if he's a young, I mean, if he's a young guy with a lot of upside, then. Sure, one of these companies should give him a little bit of a try, but um fact of the matter is we've had a lot of wrestlers over the years who were former football players or bodybuilders who tried to become big stars and they just and they just couldn't cut it unfortunately. Maybe this guy'll be different, maybe he will have great success or maybe he'll just be a little blip on the radar.
1: So, I watched I didn't watch the AEW dark match. I did, however, see his career in NXT. And once NXT released him. I seen him on the independent scene. And probably. I don't know. I've probably seen seven matches. Maybe six or seven matches. I have to say that. I'm not impressed with this guy. I'm kind of shocked over that headline. That multiple companies. Are interested. I think they might be blowing that up just a little bit. It's hard to believe that Triple H. Is interested in this guy. I mean. He's okay in the ring. He's not good at, on the microphone at all. And I mean, it hasn't been that long since I've seen him on a CFW or, or one of those, one of those independent uh, wrestling organizations that he was just on a pay-per-view for them. And he got the mic and I mean, it was horrible. It was like uh, Sierra when she first came back to the AEW, <laughs> I mean, it was bad. So I'm kind of surprised that, there's multiple, I mean, I could see Impact probably wanting him, but AEW and WWE, that, that surprised me. And I mean, if that's true, I mean, go for it. Absolutely. I just, uh, yeah, I'm not impressed. And he's had a lot of chances to impress me. Like I said, I've watched him uh, all over the place. Okay, so before we get into the next headline, let's go over some Dynamite results. Or AEW. So we, we have MJF, my guy, in the ring. And he's celebrating his rebar mitzah. mitzvah. <laughs> uh, celebration for retaining his title against Daniel Bryan. And lo and behold, we've got old Jungle Boy Jack has to come out and interrupt the ceremony. Like right at the beginning. Why can't you just let this man have his celebration? So he started to talk, but before he could say anything, here comes Sammy Guevara to the ring. And then Darby Allin comes to the ring immediately afterwards. MJF, of course, asked what they wanted, and they all said at the same time, in unison, by the way, they wanted a title match. They all stated their backstory to get where they are now and, that, and why they deserve a title shot. MJF actually pie faced Jungle Boy. As he was leaving the ring, they all started to fight each other. And, uh, once Darby Allen pushed, uh, Sammy Guevara into the ropes, which sent MJF, who was still on the ring apron crashing into his cake on the table outside the ring. And he really wanted this cake too. And these guys ruined that as well. Because when I remember when Sammy was walking out there, he looked at the cake and he said, stay away, don't touch the cake. I want that cake. And then these horrible human beings make the greatest wrestler on earth, MJF, go through the cake. By the way, earlier that day on Dynamite, Chris Jericho was honored by the premiere of Mantobia, which was pretty cool. And then we finally had a match. Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order, Evo Uno, and Stu Grayson versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Claudio, Willard yuta and John Moxley. Uh, the winners, the Blackpool Combat Club, after the match they continued to beat up on Grayson and Uno until Alex Rogers and John Silver came down to the ring to make the save. So it's pretty much it's, it's pretty easy to say to throw this out there. The Blackpool Combat Club is turning heel <laughs> uh, yeah over the last couple weeks. There's no doubt about it and I actually said that Will or Yuta may split them up from them because he didn't seem like he was about it. Well, he was all about the hill turn this week, so I was wrong on that. Anyway, sir, uh, your thoughts so far on dynamite? Well, I mean, MJF
0: still got still got some of his cake. He just got How? he just got a face full of it. Instead How dare of you? How dare you? <laughs> he had his cake and he ate it too. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this uh, with this angle. Is MJF going to have a one on one match with one of these guys? Are they going to have like some sort of triple threat? To determine the uh, number one contender, or is it going to be like a fatal four-way match? I think any of those scenarios could work. Um, as far as a one-on-one contest, I think the one I'd like to see against MJF the most is probably Darby Allen. I think he's the one with the most fan support. Plus, he's a former TNT title holder. Sammy Guevara is too, but Sammy Guevara is obviously a cocky heel. Darby Allen's the uh, you know the the underdog baby face of the crowd. Uh, would get behind, um, and they would, I guess, a little bit with Jungle Boy too. But I just feel like Darby Allen's accomplished a little bit more in his career. He's a little more, um, a little more of a threat to MJF, probably. Not saying MJF's going to lose the belt to Darby Allen. I'm just saying that he'll, I think, he'll give him the, the best fight out of out of those three guys. Um, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club turning heel. I mean, yeah, they've been hinting at it for weeks now. Um, so it looks like that's the direction they're going to go in. And again, guys like John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli, they're talented enough that they could work babyface or heel. Will really, Ayuda th- is going to be the interesting one because I don't think he's worked as a heel yet in his career. So this will be his first time going down that path. Um, it was good to see Stu Grayson back. I did hear that he officially re signed with AEW, which apparently went over uh, really well backstage. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, entertaining match. We'll see. So where the few you, goes.
1: Before we move on, can you agree with me on one thing, one thing, one thing, and I know it's going to be hard for you to, but this Claudio guy, can you at least agree that he's doing nothing for the ring of honor world title and that it's a waste of time having it around his waist? Can you agree with that? At this point in
0: time, yes, they've been doing absolutely nothing on television with the ROH title. All
1: right, let's move on. We had the TBS championship match. Jade uh, Jade Cargill versus Nicole Matthews, who I don't even know who that is. Of course, Jade Cargill retained her title. After the match, though, (laughs) after the match, Cargill asked if this was all Canada has to offer and then, Taya Valkyrie came into the ring. Grey tried to get in between them, but Cargill brushed her aside. Cargill then started leaving the ring. Grey tried to attack uh, Taya, but was met with a jaded of her own. So, there you go. Now, if they don't let Taya take the title from Jay Cargill and ruin this stupid undefeated streak, This is just asinine how long this has been going on. If they don't let this young lady who has held titles all over the world, they don't let her be the one to defeat her. I don't know who else I give up. Just let her retire now with the belt because it's ridiculous. Backstage, Ricky Starks commented on Juice Robinson's attack last week and said that he would take him on any place at any time. And then we finally have a match, another match, The AEW International Championship match. Orange Cassidy versus Jeff Jarrett. This is a sickening end to this match. Ridiculous. Your winner and still champion, Orange Cassidy. No idea why. No idea why. They had the opportunity. I don't care if it was just a segment of dynamite. You were changing the belt. And you let him beat Jeff Jarrett cleanly what is this, is this guy going to be a world champion or something? I swear if he gets the world championship title at one point, that's the day I stopped watching AEW because this is ridiculous. Your thoughts on everything so far, sir.
0: I know this will upset you Kentucky guy, but I was not uh, surprised by the outcome of the orange Cassidy, Jeff Jarrett match. I assumed that because it was an episode of dynamite, it was going to be an orange Cassidy retaining the, the title, even though it was just rebranded. Um, I do agree with you that I do not see him as world champion material, so hopefully they will never go down that path. path. But um, yeah, I was not shocked by the outcome of this match, honestly. I I don't know at this point who's going to take the international championship off of Orange Cassidy. I think it's going to happen sooner than later, but I don't know who it's going to be. Um... Taya Valkyrie debuting was is, is huge for the women's division. I mean, she, like you just said, is a has been a champion all around the world. Um, her beating Jade makes sense. There's there's no reason to keep the title on Jade at this point. They they, they absolutely should take the title off of her. Um, so the, so I'm a hun- so I'm a hundred percent in favor of a, of giving the the belt to Taya Valkyrie in the near future to get a real legitimate TBS uh, women's champion. And uh, one more segment. Uh, yeah, uh, Ricky Stark. Ricky Starks. Um, that's going to be an interesting match when we see him and uh, Juice Robinson collide. I think they have styles that will mesh pretty well in the ring. As far as who's going to win that matchup, I, I, I don't know just yet. I mean, I know they're pushing Ricky Starks as a big deal and up-and-coming talent. But I don't want to just see Juice Robinson come into AEW and rack up losses. Because he became a big star when he worked in New Japan, I mean, multiple time IWGP United States champ. So be ashamed to let. Yeah. That count and he's waste. still
1: wearing the, uh, the bullet club logos, which I found interesting, but yeah, Ricky Starks, you know, yeah, he's a future, but I think juice Robinson's more of a now I really like him. And, uh, he really, I'm surprised he's, he's back on AEW because he doesn't really get a whole lot of breaks from Tony Khan, which is. I just don't. I know he likes his homegrown boys, but man, if you want to really want to draw an audience from different aspects, you got to let some of the your audience members guys win, even though they're going to beat your boys sometimes. So I don't know. Uh, We had a uh, powerhouse Hobbs, the new TNT Championship, put out an open challenge for this Friday on or for Friday on Rampage. That challenge was accepted by Ray Phoenix. So, that's a match that happened yesterday. I haven't even looked; had time to look at Rampage. I don't know what happened on that show. If you've watched it, Donnie, maybe you can fill us in later. Uh, I, <laughs> and then uh, we also had Outcast, which is their name now. Sierra, Sarah, Tony Storm, and Ruby Soho. And there was kind of a brawl there with Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker. And also, we had the Destination Unknown given by Storm, or no, I'm sorry, Soho, gave it on Britt Baker, the Destination uh, Unknown. Storm gave Hunter, the current, the hater, Jamie Hater, the current champion, Storm Zero. And then we had Reho, Sky Blue, and Willow Nightingale come to the ring for the save, but yet it was weird. Let's be honest about it, because Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter did not want their help. They pushed them <laughs> when they were getting out of there. So I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know what this is leading to. It's kind of one of those segments that you, you walk away more confused than before they even had it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. There's no women's tag team titles. And, I mean, surely, to God, they're not going to have an eight-way dance for the uh, heavyweight title for females. So I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And then we have the uh, main event, AW World Trio Championship Match, the Black, the House of Black versus the Elite versus the Jericho Appreciation Society, which is Chris Jericho representing Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guerra. Your winner, House of Black. This, like the main event match should, stole the show. I thought it was great. I thought all teams looked pretty strong throughout the match. I love the way the match ended. The winners and still your trio champion, the House of Black, looking stronger than ever and actually ending with their finishing move. And this is how you know they're a good faction because their moves count. They didn't do their finishing move 20 times on a guy before they could pin him. They done it once and done at the end. And that's the way you do your finishing move. You don't super kick that's your finish your move, like Sweet Chin Music, 20 times before you go, or an F5, six times before you pin somebody. You do it, and you pin them. That's how you make your moves count. And I love that. I've always liked that about Aleister Black. He doesn't do the blackout kick five or six times before you pins somebody, even when he was with uh, NXT and uh, Raw. So I like it, and I hope they continue building this team. This team really, I think, He'd be the number one faction on the show if the way they're going. Your thoughts, sir, on the rest of uh Dynamite.
0: Oh, it was a great main event, no question about it. All three team all three teams brought their A game and they got the crowd they got the crowd up and into that main event and then House of Black won, as it should have been. They're a dominant faction right now, and that's the way they need to be booked. And I agree with you, Kentucky guy. We need to start protecting finishing moves again in professional wrestling. Once in a while, if, so, if somebody kicks out of a finisher and you have to do it a second time, that's fine. But when it happens consistently, I have a major problem with that because it makes, it makes you think that finishers aren't worth, worth anything anymore. Um, you know, the, the whole feud with the outcasts and uh, the rest of the AEW women's roster, I don't know where they're going with that. I mean, obviously Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter are the main... Threat to the outcast right now, and you've got other members of the locker room who are trying to help Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, You know, I mean, I, you know, maybe they could use one more person, but it's like when all these women just start coming out of nowhere. I don't know. I just, it's not working for me. But I mean, the the outcasts are doing their job as far as drawing heat from the crowd. So there's that at least.
1: What do you think about Ray Phoenix accepting that challenge?
0: I mean, he's going to be, uh, you know we, know, we know he's a great in-ring performer and he's going to give Powerhouse Hobbs a good match. I, I don't see Powerhouse Hobbs, unfortunately, dropping the belt to him this this early on. He just won the title from Wardlow. They're going to probably be pushing Powerhouse Hobbs, and, uh, you know, in that title yep, picture that makes for a sense. while.
1: Okay, I've got the next headline. Let's see. WWE stars reverting back to their old gimmick. I really like this one, and you're going to like it too, Mister Cage. Butch, formerly known as Pete Dunne, is one of the better technical wrestlers on WWE's current roster and earned respect from fans for his in-ring abilities while making a name for himself in NXT UK, where he had a lot of success. WWE made the call to change his name when he was called up to the main roster last year, where he aligned with Sheamus and Ridge Holland in a faction on SmackDown. In recent months, WWE has kept the Brawling Brutes off television as Sheamus has aligned with Drew McIntyre. The last TV match that Butch had was on February 3rd during SmackDown where the Viking Raiders defeated the Brawling Brutes. They've been working dark matches and bouts at live events since then. When Triple H took over creative last July, there was speculation Butch could go back under the Pete Dunne gimmick. He did work a Smackdown Dark match under Pete Dunne. Wrestling WrestleVotes told Give Me Sports that Butch is set to revert to his old gimmick, something Triple H originally planned to do last year before the Brawling Brutes got over and plans were pushed back. Now plans are back in place for Butch to return to his character Pete Dunne. Yes. Long overdue. Finally. Finally. Also, Butch's uh, Pete Dunn is not suspected to be a part of the brawling brutes anymore, which is fine. He's a phenomenal singles competitor. Yes. He's, I told you he brought the look back. So I knew that it was going to happen, but I guess rich Holland, like I said, he did get better a lot better and I can kind of see how they got over some as a tag team. So that's why they pushed it back. That makes a little bit of sense. He can't change his character while he's still on the Brawling brute? So now, I just wish they would have told us this crap earlier because I've been kind of ticked off over it, wondering what was going on. <laughs> Your thoughts are on that headline.
0: Well, that's great news because I, have been I like you, have been wanting to see Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight, back for a long time and uh, because I hated what they did with him when he came up to the main roster. Uh, a, credit, a credit to Pete Dunne, Butch. For being able to to get into that character and help get the brawling brutes gimmick over with the crowd, but I mean, man, I I want to see Pete Dunne wrestle against. I want to see him wrestle Gunther again. I want to see them uh, reignite their feud from NXT UK. I mean, that would be amazing. Um, hence, why I want to. I just want to see Gunther retain the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania. I'm probably one of the few people that wants that to happen, but. Um, yeah, Pete Dunn coming hey, back. Hey, you know what? Is, is, you is mentioned uh,
1: Gunther. I don't think we. I went over the... I didn't. Uh, they had it on SmackDown. They had a uh, match, and the winner was to face Gunther for the Intercontinental title last night. It was between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Well, Gunther and Imperium got involved. Now, that match, which we reported this a couple weeks ago, that, they were, that the, this was the original plan, Well, you never know what's going to happen with the WWE, but they are back to the original plan. And now the WrestleMania match for the intercontinental title is a three-way dance between Sheamus or triple threat match between Sheamus, Drew McIntyre and Gunther. So sorry, I I forgot to mention it. I don't know how I overlooked that, but yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, that match between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre was something that, uh, We've seen it. We've seen it over and over and over again, and we've also seen Sheamus against Gunther over and over and over again. Uh, Yeah, I just I wasn't excited about it. I kind of knew something like that was going to happen. I just thought they would both because they both were on the ground and it was going to ten before Gunther got in the ring. It was going to ten, and he got in the ring and they both got up and then they were attacked from the rest of Imperium. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't get into the match. Because I'm not a big fan of Drew McIntyre. And Sheamus, we've seen Sheamus and Gunther two or three times already. So, I don't know. Well, like I said, and I'll still say it. I'll even say it when I'm watching WrestleMania. That spot should have went to Cross. So, Alright, sir. You've got the next two uh, headlines.
0: AEW star missed Wednesday's Dynamite after undergoing emergency dental surgery. Chuck Taylor has explained why he didn't make the save for his friend Orange Cassidy during this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, and that's because of emergency dental surgery. On the show, Cassidy defended the AEW International Championship against Jeff Jarrett. The title had been leveled up as a result of a Shazam, Fury of the Gods movie tie-in, something the network wanted. At the end of the match, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt all got involved as they tried to help Jarrett win the title. Trent Beretta of the best friends came out to help, leading to everyone at ringside being sent to the back. Cassidy picked up the win after the orange punch. Taylor took to Twitter to explain that the surgery prevented him from supporting Cassidy on the show. Couldn't help orange because I had emergency dental surgery on my dumb skull, he wrote. I hope Greg got me a ticket for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Well, first of all, I just want to preface that, Shazam Fury of the Gods is apparently going to be a box office flop, so so much for that tie-in with the movie. But anyway, um, it's kind of funny how when Orange Cassidy first debuted, he was basically second fiddle to the best friends, Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor, and now it's become the opposite. The best friends are pretty much a complete afterthought. They're just the guys who come out and help Orange Cassidy. And personally, I've always felt, that those two guys were more talented as a tag team than Orange Cassidy is. I mean, I, like I said, I've seen flashes of good athleticism from him, but as we've talked about numerous times, wh- why is he being pushed as a big deal instead of just being used in small doses like he should be? But uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, dental surgery is nothing to joke about. So if Chuck Taylor had to miss the show because of that,
1: so I got a question: the Shazam movie that they're talking about. Is this the same Shazam movie that Shaq starred in, like part one? Or
0: Oh, no, no, no. This is a, this is a superhero that wears a, a, like a red and gold costume, has a lightning bolt on him. He's a little kid who says the word Shazam, and he turns okay. into a superhero. Yeah,
1: so I'm not familiar with that. And to be honest with you, I don't really care about this headline, so I don't really have a whole lot to say. Uh, we'll let you move on to your next one. <laughs>
0: AEW star, fined for saying a banned word on Dynamite. Wednesday's episode of Dynamite featured a segment with the Outcasts in the ring where Soraya, Ruby Soho, and Tony Storm did a promo. Soho stated that at one time the grass was supposed to be greener in the promotion until two uh, B words that aren't housebroken (laughs) eat all over the grass. Soraya said that they would show everyone that Aew is their house. Without them, there wouldn't be a women's division. She said the fans are necky, beard, stinky, T-word. Storm said she smiled when the interim women's champion even uh, yeah, even though the fans didn't respect them. They said they would go through all the rookies such as Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale, Rio. Britt Baker and Jamie Hader. Well, Rio was your very first AEW Women's Champion, so she's not a rookie. And Britt Baker was also your longest reigning uh, Women's Champion. Um, Soraya took to Twitter to note that she got fined for saying the T word during the promo segment. She wrote, "I indeed got fined for saying that word on live TV." Well, listen, I understand people get wrapped up in character, and they and they're they're cutting these passionate promos. Um, I think we all remember that Ace Steel accidentally dropped the F word when he was doing a segment with uh, CM Punk a year ago, and he got fined for that. Um, you know, a slip of the tongue is, is not an uncommon thing on live television. And honestly, AEW did the right thing here. I mean, if you're using words that are in poor taste, then, you know, there have to be consequences for it because you are representing the company on national Yeah, television. I
1: mean, and this is what I was actually talking about uh, earlier. This is a completely different than putting words out that are common words. I mean, these are, these are you know, cuss words. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, find them, absolutely. You know, you want to remain kid-friendly because, uh, you know, when it comes to wrestling, your demographic really doesn't change. That much uh, from show to show. Let's see here. All right. So. Let's see. I have actually the next. The next headline. No Bray Wyatt on SmackDown. But WWE seemingly dropped a hint. On what he's doing at WrestleMania. Last night there was no sign of Bray Wyatt on Friday Night SmackDown, but it looks like WWE dropped a hint on plans for him at WrestleMania. LA Knight was involved in a backstage scuffle with Rey Mysterio that will lead to a match next Friday night. Before that happened, Caleb Braxton tried to interview Knight, and you could see Wyatt's logo in the background. In the background. Wyatt reportedly dealing with a physical issue, and there have been questions about his status for WrestleMania And Bobby Lashley hinted on Twitter that he may have to find a new opponent. Whatever is going on with Wyatt, it looks like he will be back soon and he might resume his feud with Knight. In recent weeks, Knight has grumbled about his path to WrestleMania. Thus far, no match has been announced for him. A Knight vs. Wyatt rematch seems possible. And it's also possible that it will be a three-way with Lashley in the mix. So that could be interesting. I would like to uh, see that. I'd like to see that match. uh, I'd like to see a three-way dance between uh, L.A. Knight, Bray Wyatt, and Bobby Lashley. What do you think, sir?
0: I actually think that this could make the match far more interesting than a singles match between Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley. Now, one thing I have to say, much like you, Kentucky guy, I was, I was stoked when um, Bray Wyatt was, w- w- was officially coming back to WWE, but I gotta be honest, in the last couple of months, I've been so frustrated with the lack of development to, the, to his storyline. We thought Uncle Howdy was going somewhere, it went absolutely nowhere. We thought there were going to be developments with Alexa Bliss, that's gone nowhere. Bray Wyatt, last time I checked, is first and foremost supposed to be a wrestler and then a character entertainer secondly. So, I want to see him get in the ring and wrestle. I know from back in the day when he first started that the guy can wrestle, but because he's so focused on his character work, we don't really get to see him wrestle much these days. So, truth be told, if L.A. Knight and Bobby Lashley have to do most of the heavy lifting, I'm totally fine with that at Wrestlemania I'd rather get that with a couple of uh, you know weird Bray Wyatt shenanigans mixed in during the match than just get a one-on-one yeah, match yeah, with Bray I, Wyatt I could agree against more. one of them. Could
1: not agree more. And let's see. So I've got one headline left, and you've got one left too, right? Let me go ahead and knock this one out of the way, and then I'll let you do your last one. <laughs> Nikki and Brie Garcia, a.k.a. Bella, confirmed that they are leaving the WWE. Hours after changing their name on social media and teasing their new chapter, Nikki and Brie Garcia have announced that they are leaving WWE. While doing an interview with People, the former Bella Twins confirmed they have already left the company. Quote, Today, we are officially, from here on out, the Garcia twins, Brie and Nikki Garcia. When it was time for them to renew their contract, with the WWE Nikki said they just knew it was time to head into it the next chapter. They also have a new show, the Nikki and Brie show that is slated to air on Cyrus XM and other podcast platforms. Every Wednesday, they were inducted into the hall of fame in 2021 as a part of the 2020 class due to the ceremony being delayed a year due to the pandemic. They last wrestled in the 30 woman were a rumble match last year. Although they were advertised to appear on the Raw 30th anniversary show, they were pulled a week before it happened. Okay, so here's the thing. Nikki and Brie Bella never have been a true fan. Uh, of course, they're cute or whatever, but as far as wrestling, never was, never was a true fan. Nikki and Brie Garcia on XM Radio, good luck. I don't know how well that's going to do. The only way that podcast could really make it for those two, because they really, they just don't have the personality. I don't think, but if they can rope in some of their friends, current wrestlers and previous wrestlers to come on the show, then they might do okay. But if they just plan on sitting there and talking for an hour, just the two of them, I don't see many, maybe a few women, but I don't see a whole lot of people tuning in for that. Your thoughts are on that headline. I
0: mean, best of luck to them in their, in their new career outside of wrestling. There's no, I mean, there's no question they've, they used wrestling as kind of a springboard to get reality show deals and do other sorts of promotional stuff that they have going on. I mean, you know, you know, I'm not going to knock them. I mean, look what the rock did. The rock was a wrestler for many, many years and then, you know, became a Hollywood star and everything. So wrestling was kind of his springboard to get there, um, you know, I'm sure they'll have some degree of success doing what they're what they're doing. Like you, Kentucky guy, I never thought either one of them were great wrestlers. Um, Nikki was okay when she was really in her prime. Brie, I was never personally a fan of, and I never got that whole uh, thing where she would stand in the ring and go, Brie Man I think it was like some sort of reference to the way she gets That's exactly like, she's like had too much to drink. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh best of luck to both of them. Um I mean I, I think the wrestling yep, world yep, is gonna yep. j- carry so on just well. fine without the Belichick. All right, so you
1: have the last headline. Dave
0: Batista will not be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. WWE has started to announce wrestlers for the twenty twenty three Hall of Fame class, but Dave Batista won't be one of them. As exclusively reported, Batista was tapped to be inducted into the class, however, plans have changed. PW Insider reports five WWE Hall of Fame members will be in the class this year. So far, Rey Mysterio and The Great Muta have been announced for it, while Stacy Keebler has been confirmed to be another inductee, leading to two other wrestlers being left to go in. There are no tag team slated to be inducted, and Rey Mysterio is slated to be the headliner. The report noted that Dave Batista would not be part of this year's class because he is currently filming the second My Spy movie in South Africa. The likely reason why he is not being inducted this year is he wouldn't be able to physically be in Los Angeles. So um, when we talk about this year's um, inductees, a couple of things are not quite like the other. Uh, no, no offense to Stacey Keebler, but we're <laughs> comparing her to Rey Mysterio and the Great Muta. There is no comparison there. Um, but uh, And it'll be interesting to see who the other two uh, inductees are this year, if, if there's indeed only going to be five. Um, you know, Batiste will get in eventually. I mean, he had a great career in WWE from his time in Evolution to his time uh, as a singles wrestler, to his time when he came back from Hollywood. Did a lot of great things in his career, and now he's obviously doing well for himself in Hollywood. But there's plenty of time to induct Dave Batista. I wouldn't get too uh, heartbroken it seem to hear like he's this not going into the 2023 is class.
1: Off? It just seems weird, right? Or is it just me? It seems like it's off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't misunderstand me. Rey Mysterio and the Great Muta are a big deal, but... Yeah, I, I I'm struggling I, I to guess, understand. I this, guess we got spoiled last year with the Undertaker honest.
1: and and all those great wrestlers uh, or, or their families as well, uh, inducting them into the hall. I don't know. It just uh, I haven't seen anybody, and I and I'm a huge fan of the Great Muta. I am, but I haven't so far. Even the speculations with Stacy Kubler Batista was a speculation up until that headline I haven't heard a name that I'm excited about like oh man I can't wait to watch the hall of fame I don't know which is odd because normally they tell like the undertaker I remember very very clearly last year I was like whoo man I cannot wait to see his speech and who inducts him and all this stuff I was excited about it but yeah I don't even uh I don't even care <laughs> about it this year which is odd but uh anyway sir that's all I have for this episode. How much yeah,
0: fell? I feel like I, I feel like there was one other thing on the tip of my tongue that I'm that I'm blanking on now. Oh, um, did you happen to catch? And I think it was was it Dynamite or was it Rampage where there was there was a show a, a stare down between Hangman Page and the Blackpool Combat Club, and standing behind Hangman Page yes, was the elite, that was on Dynamite the Young
1: Buck, and I did catch Kenny that. Omega and. I don't know. They've played with our emotions so much on that in the past. If you remember, it wasn't that long ago where Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and the other guy kind of turned on the Young Bucks and uh, Adam Page come out to assist them. And we thought they were going to get back together then and nothing happened. So, you know, you can only go to that well so many times. But, yeah, I did see that. And it does, once again, give hope, false hope, that they may get back together, but I, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Absolutely, yeah. And you're talking to one of them.
0: Yep. <laughs> cool moment for all the elite fans out there. All right,
1: folks. So you've been listening to the Red <laughs> Pill or No <laughs> Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. With your hostess, the Kentucky Guy and Donnie Cage. As always, folks, listen to this episode. Listen to the next one. Listen to the one previous and the two previous net. that. There's no limit. No limit on how many you can listen to. We always appreciate you guys for supporting us. And like I said many times, if it wasn't for you all, we wouldn't want to do it anyways. God bless and God bless America. <laughs>